you have to love through the problems. You have to be able to love your partner even when she hates you, even when uh, she's shouting at you. Still have to be able to love her and snap her out of her her thing because women go in waves, right? Yeah. <laughs>、um, Hello, dear friends. Welcome to Upgradable Podcast, home base for adventurous souls who are learning to master the art of graceful living. Here we are diving deep on what does it truly mean to be a human, and how to build graceful, healthy, juicy relationships with self and every aspect of your life. My name is Anna, and I'm founder of Upgradable. The purpose of this podcast is to share with you inspiring stories, self mastery tools, and transformation techniques—all that to help you experience your own breakthroughs, fall in love with self and your life, and expand your capacity to receive abundance and pleasure. It's time to remember who you truly are. So, hi guys. I have this.、Uh... Amazing man today with me, Jay Williams. <laughs> I know Jay for quite a while, right? We did we met in London life? I think we. Yeah,、did. I think so. We met at an event in London, so. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we were、uh, working with、um, with another company,、uh, but then our. Road went to different direction, and for you as well, right, Jay? And、um, why I invited you for this call? I saw、uh, your lives, and I got really interested with、uh, what you're doing uh, today. Uh, so, if you can introduce yourself a little bit, like how you come, just to share a little bit of your own journey of、uh, self discovery, and how did you come to this idea of? For helping men to rise and to live a fulfilling life, yeah. Okay, sure. Thank you. <laughs>、um, yeah, I guess for me, I didn't know this was going to happen.、Uh, I don't think we ever do. But it really started for me about five and a half years ago、uh, when I was serving in the British military, and、mm. my life at the time,、uh, much like a lot of people. We're just kind of ticking over in life. We're just going through the motions, and some people might describe me as completely unaware of what's going on in life, or anything that's holding me back, or、um, any feelings of unhappiness. Because every month I got my、uh, paycheck, I had my accommodation paid for, my food, and people said do this, do that, and I do it. And life was pretty comfortable and pretty easy for me. But there came a point within the nine years where I don't know. I I I, I was never really described as what people might say military.、Uh, I wasn't like soldier, like do this, do that. Like I was always someone who kind of went a bit against the rules. Don't know whether you can believe that. And、uh, <laughs> I, at the time, one of the things I started to do is I started to really enjoy music, and so I started to do some DJing. And as I got into more DJing, I found this huge gap between. Absolutely loving life when I was DJing to this day job where I was like doing nothing for me, and this went on for quite some time, a number of years before I finally made the decision. It was kind of like D Day for me, where they offered me、um, 
my full career, 22 years, uh, potential of more promotions and all the good stuff that comes with it. And I, something inside of me just said that this this is not what I want anymore. And at the time, and some people will probably be able to relate to this, I was just bored. I was just bored of my career. It wasn't what I describe as lighting me up. Uh, it wasn't getting me excited. It wasn't like I get out of bed in the morning and go, woo, yeah, let's go. This is go time. Life is amazing because it, it really wasn't. It was just meh, like pretty boring. And so I made the bold decision that I was going to pass up on their wonderful offer. And for everyone that told me the grass isn't always greener on the other side, I ignored them and decided that I was going to um, initially go and DJ in Ibiza for the summer. That was my plan. Wow. And uh, figure it all out when I got home. That was how I was going to roll with that. And at the time, um, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I was like reaching out to people, trying to create relationships. And uh, one of my friends introduced me to a business opportunity. Now, I'd never started a business in my life. I was completely clueless. I always say a joke about this and like, I didn't know what a lead was. Um, <laughs> and, and I just had no idea. And it wasn't until I really got into business and this space in the community that we um, met in that, I started to face some resistance and by resistance I mean I was working really hard I was uh, doing all the right things I was learning I was um, taking action but for some reason I wasn't getting the results that I wanted to and I was having all of these weird emotions that I wasn't too familiar with and I was quite confused by them and so through the community and through the process, I started to identify that I needed some help to help me break through this, imagine like a bit of a glass ceiling or to stop this thing that's holding me back. And in that space, and anyone who's run a business before, you'll know this, and uh, um, when you get challenged, things come up for you. And if you don't have the tools to be able to deal with those things that are coming up for you, ultimately, you're not going to be able to break through and achieve the things you want to achieve, ultimately fulfill your potential in that space. And so this went on for a number of years, and I was constantly going on this path of trying to find this, this thing that lit me up, this uh, and unlocking what it was that was stopping me from doing the thing in my heart that I felt I really wanted to do. Mm. Um, it wasn't probably until, I'd say, about 14 months ago, I um, got into business coaching, uh, coaching, uh, dating and relationship and divorce coaches, which was a completely out there niche and nobody else was doing it. Because I was asking myself all of these questions around, who is it I really want to serve? Who do I align with? What's the target market that, you know, I don't know, I just have this connection. The common thing that kept on coming up for me was relationships. I talked a lot about relationships with myself, relationship with my family, relationship with my friends, connection, relationships um, with my partner, my fiance, who I have an incredible relationship with. And so I felt like this was an audience that I really wanted to serve because they were making a big difference in the world by helping lots of other people with relationships and I figured that 
if I can help them get customers, then they're, um, they're going to be able to help those customers. And all together, one big happy family, we're going to be able to make a big difference in the world. And uh, when I got down to it, though, and when I got into this coach and when I started to be really honest with myself, and I realized this and most guys won't admit to this, um, I was really scared. I was really scared of being the front person. So yeah. I decided to lean back on my skill set that I had in marketing and in business and go and coach them and teach them how to get leads instead of transitioning into something I really enjoyed working yeah. on and helping people with. And I kind of took a back seat. And so I went through this for a few months and I tried convincing myself, yeah, this is it. This is it. Until eventually I uh, found myself going, you know what? Like you've pissed about for too long now. You've been, <laughs> you've been like scared of this, this, this thing and stepping into your potential for so long now. Come on, Jay. Like it's time to step up and I started to look at okay so I want to do coaching like transformational coaching where I get to help people through their limiting beliefs help people achieve the things that they want to achieve um, in their relationships and their career and their fitness and their health and um, one of the big things I looked at was like okay I'm a guy I'm a guy and there's lots of people serving females, which there is. And there's ultimately, there is lots of people serving guys. But, like, who is specializing in just working with guys in this space? Like, men have this problem of um, not being able to understand their uh, emotions, not being able to um, resolve their emotions and understand what's ultimately holding them back. And for me, I've always been a guy that's, been a, I always call myself like a unicorn guy <laughs> um, where I'm like really comfortable with talking about my emotions and my feelings but also um, I'm very manly in, in the way I am in the things that I do every day yeah. and so I, I found myself in this position where I was like holy shit if if I'm like this and there's men who are struggling with this, then maybe I have some skill sets through my journey and my experience that can help them to actually unlock some of their potential, be more fulfilled and become the best version of themselves in their lives um, through the skills that I developed over the years. And that's ultimately how I come to working with men. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a very uh, great introduction to how you come here. And I think uh, it's amazing the work that you're doing because I really, really appreciate um, all the men who, first of all, doing the work on themselves uh, because I think historically it was perceived that it's more women who are in this space of, I don't know, working on emotions and relationships it's worth my perception personally and i'm so happy that now there are more and more of all these men's circles all these uh, brotherhood circles whatever it is that are created 
for men, where men can be with men, because then they, I think it's a safe space for them just to share what they're going through uh, in their life and in their relationships as well. So it's absolutely awesome, I think, this work that uh, that you are doing for men, helping them rise and live in fulfilling life. And then my question for you is, uh, what do you think is one of the biggest myths of being a man in the modern society? Uh, I had a discussion uh, with my girlfriend about this earlier, actually. Yeah. And uh, I initially come out with that men, um, men only want one thing, but that's a woman's perspective, not a man's perspective. Mm. Uh, and I thought about it and I thought to myself, you know what, for a lot of men, um, we don't want to admit that love is important to us, mm. uh, that love and connection. Um, but this is something that happens in everyday lives through our friendships. And so the, 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 the language of love, if you like, and talking about love, it's a bit, oh, that's a bit sad, mate. You know, you're talking about love, come on, like you're a bit of a pussy, man, all of that kind of stuff. Don't be that because that's not what a man is. Men don't talk about love. Men talk about, you know, going out to the woods and <laughs> football and beer and all of those kind of things. So traditionally, maybe that's what they talked about. Um, and I think, and I can only give it from my perspective, more and more men are um, opening up to uh, um, talking about their emotions, talking about their feelings. And... Um, I think it's still very difficult, but men care about this stuff. They care about love. And if I was to share you stories about my relationship with my dad, you would really get the the father-son relationship in, in manhood is a big, big thing. And when it when you come down to it, it all comes down to love. Mm. You can label it whatever you want. You can call it, I want to feel significant. I want to feel like they care about me. It's love, connection, and a sense of belonging. And men genuinely care about it. But if I'm honest with you, some of them might not know that that's a thing for them. But at the unconscious level, then they do genuinely, it is really important to them um, for them to actually be fulfilled and to be truly comfortable in who they are. Because, yeah. you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a minute about the masks. Yes. Uh, the masks that men wear. I'll go into it. <laughs> yes, what do you think is the bag that men are wearing? They have been conditioned to wear in in our society. Yeah, so I think there's there's an argument for um, that they've been conditioned, but there's also an argument for the experiences that they've grown up with. So I think that um, TV, media, um, uh, the general population have grown up with this idea that men should be strong, men should be tough, men shouldn't cry, men shouldn't be, because to show that we are soft is a sign of weakness. And that's definitely uh, not the case. Then, then there's the other side of it uh, in terms of mass, in that if we feel like we have to be someone we're not, if we feel like we have to put something in front of us, uh, this charade, this mask, this this front to actually 
cover who we really are or, or what's going on in our heads, we've got to ask ourselves, what is really making us or leading us to behave in that way? Um, I don't think a large part of that is culture and society. I think it's more down to uh, your upbringing, your experiences that you've had in life and how that shaped your view of the world and the way in which you see other people. So, for example, I grew, I grew up with a very macho dad. And he's got a huge, huge heart. He really has. Um, and he really struggled to show love in the way that I wanted to be loved. And for a number of uh, years, I really struggled trying to get his validation all of the time. Come on, dad, love me, love me. Uh, I want to be a, a son to you and I want to make you proud. And after a, a number of things happened in my childhood, parents divorce, um, you know, always trying to please my dad. And one of the beliefs I created about myself and my life was that I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of my dad's level. Love, my dad isn't proud of me. And so that led me into my life to behave in a way where I was consistently wearing lots of different masks, the confidence mask, which is pretending to be really confident. Everybody outside thought I was really confident, but actually on the inside, I was this small, scared little boy who was terrified, who was just using this mask uh, constantly in fear that somebody was going to find out the truth about me, which terrified me even more. And then we had things like the popular mask, which was, um, you, you know, you get it name dropping, people name drop. Oh, yeah, when I was with so and such, oh, yeah, I did this and I'm a CEO and I'm this and I'm that. And they're just trying to be popular. And then you've got other masks like where people exaggerate. Um, and I've done it. I've done this a lot in the past. Stories. We all tell stories, right? And, you know, it's, we love a good story. And sometimes there's a tendency into story to maybe make the truth sound a little bit more exciting than what it actually was. Yes. <laughs> and this is something that I used to do all of the time. And um, once I, uh, and there's other masks like success masks, you know, you meet people all the time and the classic ones in business, it's like, how's things going? And every, no man I've ever met <laughs> has ever said, it is absolutely terrible. Business is down the pan. Like, I'm not getting clients, or this isn't happening, or that isn't happening. No man has ever responded like that. The answer that they give is, oh, business is great. Oh, mm. good. And that is the mask. And there's a, there's a part of that which is you either feel like you need to be something you're not in order to please other people, or, and this is really important, the relationship isn't there yet that you will get into that sort of stuff. Um, so you need to have boundaries in place to keep yourself in sometimes. <laughs> I don't know whether you've come across that at all, Anna. Yes, yes. I mean, um, all that, I see it a lot. I think it's not only for men about all this math. It's, uh, it's for women as well in general, right? But I think what is underneath of all that is just we are feeling uh, unworthy. We are feeling this insecurity inside. 
we are trying to mask it because we are trying to find our source of worseness of security in the outside world through whatever strategy you're using pleasing people through like over exaggerating and telling the story so that okay you can love me at least right from the external world i'm trying to find this uh, security i want to feel uh, more than i feel inside right but um Actually, for me, uh, if we're talking, if we're going as well to the side of uh, men, um, uh, truly they want love and they connection. But what I see as well, it's uh, this fear of uh, opening up to their partner, right? Which is coming a little bit as well from this, I'm unsafe to open up to my partner because she will see underneath what's going on or, or he will see underneath what's going on right for, for the both sides and uh, that's why we are putting the mask as well of being strong of being this macho man in our relationships right so um yeah at the end it all comes of ours being so feeling so much unsafe that we are putting the masks and we keep on wearing them in our relationships for many many years and in the society in general but uh, regarding the masculine side of wearing a mask, right? The men, they try to show up as being strong, but I can say like from the woman's side, there is nothing more stronger than a man who can really share his emotions and being vulnerable. That means he's really in his power when he can openly share something, you know? And as well, I believe... Uh, we all uh, have inside of our feminine and masculine energy and if we're talking about being whole that means that we are connected to both sides of ours so like mm -hmm. for for me i'm i need to be connected and have a healthy relationship with my masculine it's about being in integrity uh, being present being like in my power and my feminine side is about being connected to my emotions uh, being in this um, surrender state, being in the flow. And uh, what's happening, I think, especially in the relationship, if uh, uh, for a man, if he is not connected with his feminine side of his emotional side, he can't understand his partner. Not understand, but he can't hold space for her emotions in the relationship, right? And what women want, they just want to... <laughs> <laughs> Emotional states. We don't want to be solution fixed, but we want to be received in our emotional state. That's why I think it's very interesting just to to see that we have feminine and masculine sides inside of ours, all of ours, and it's just how you discover your feminine side and how you create a healthy relationship with your feminine side, and then you will be able because we are a reflection of each other, right? I'm a reflection of my partner's masculine side. You're a reflection of your partner's feminine side. So we need to discover it to, for me, like to, to create this, uh, oh, healthy unions between us. I think um, you touched on something really important there um, around understanding. And, and this is a big thing, right? And I think, you know, relationships are tough. Like they're not easy. They take work. And... I think that you have to look at how we've been brought up to have relationships or being relationships. And mm. if you think about 
you know, you come out the womb, you start to grow up. And in my example, my parents were divorced. So all I really knew was divorced parents and all of the court battles and bitterness and arguments and fighting. That's all I knew growing up. And so that was what I understood to be what a relationship was. So um, a lot of us aren't taught this. Um, taught what a healthy relationship is or or how to have a relationship we're just like hey get in the bad world go and talk to them do this do that like people just tell us what to do and I'm a massive believer that they should be teaching relationships in school like it's the number one skill in human life if we look at connecting with other people um, connecting uh, with building relationships in business building friendships building relationships with ourselves, like everything is a relationship, relationship to money, relationship to health. Um, It's all a relationship, but they don't teach it. Now, bringing it back to what I was saying about understanding, one of the big things I've discovered, especially in my relationship, is how much of a difference it makes when a woman understands a man and a man understands a woman. So, for example, you've um, probably heard me talk about this and they talk about it in the book Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Fantastic book. I recommend everybody reads that book. And for example, it's understanding um, how men react when uh, a woman wants to talk about something that's difficult and how women react when there's something they want to talk about that's difficult. I'll give you a really good solid example of this. Um, recently I got engaged, right? (laughs) (laughs) And and my fiance Vicky, she doesn't hold back. Um, She's a very strong woman and she knows what she wants and she tells me what she wants. And um, for about about eight months ago, I made the decision that I was going to propose to her. And I planned a um, a trip. I hadn't planned a trip at this point, but I was planting seeds, saying, "Oh, you know, I we travelled the world for two years. I I've been home seven months now. I just need to get away because I'd planned to do it abroad." And I knew how she thought, and she went on and started planning a, a trip. And she popped up with Morocco. And we'd never been to Morocco before, and I was like, "Yeah, just book it, just book it." And I didn't know how I was going to propose at this point. And over the months, we've been together um, sort of five and a half years at this point. Over the months, like, we're going to weddings and everyone's saying, when are you getting married? And Vicky is naturally feeling a bit like, oh, when's it going to happen? And she's always saying to me, come on, like, when are we getting married? What's going on? Do you want to marry me? Do you not want to marry me? Yeah. And... In the past, I'd had commitment issues based on my relationship that I was brought up with with my parents. Naturally, I was terrified of committing to a relationship because of what had happened to my parents. I was terrified of what was going to happen to me. And so she said to me, I think you've still got issues. You need to do some work on yourself. I'm sure you do because you haven't proposed yet and I'm getting really worried. This went on and on and on. And in the about two weeks before we were due to go to morocco where i was going to propose i was taking us to the sahara desert and we were sat on the um i came home from uh, working in a co-workspace i came home on friday afternoon and i said you okay it's like 
yeah, yeah, I'm good. I says, no, you're not. Like, what? what's that? And she said, oh, I've been looking at the venues that I dream of getting married in. And they're booked up till 23, 24. And, like, she's really emotional. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I, if the, that morning, that very morning, yeah, I've been on the phone to her dad asking for permission to marry his daughter. Absolutely mm -hmm. terrified. My heart was coming out of my chest. But she had no idea about this. And this is the Friday afternoon. And she's like, oh, like, I just don't understand. Why don't you want to marry me? Like, what is it? Like, I'm just letting you know how I feel. And she's all emotional. And at this point, I just want to say, for God's sake, like, I'm going to propose to you in two weeks in Morocco. And I just wanted to get that release. I just wanted that, oh, just get over this issue. And I've been reading uh, Women Are From Mars, Men Are From Venus at the book. And the man talks about how women like to talk about things and men like to try and fix them. <laughs> and I'm sat there on the sofa with my arm around and she's quite emotional. And everything in my body is fighting against trying to fix this, trying to give her advice, trying to uh, not blurt it out and say, I'm gonna propose. I'm fighting every part of my body. And I'm just sat there and I'm just thinking to myself, what would the guy in the book say? <laughs> <laughs> what would he say? And she's saying things to me and I don't have a response because I'm not trying to fix it. I don't actually have the language or the, uh, the, the skills to actually communicate back. Mm. And so I go into what's called the cave, the man cave. I'm in my head processing, trying to figure out how to respond to not fix this, but fix this whole drama. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, what, what would he do in the book? And I remember reading a book called The Way of the Superior Man, fantastic book. And he talks about you have to love through the problems. You have to be able to love your partner even when she hates you, even when uh, she's shouting at you, still have to be able to love her and snap her out of her, her thing because women go in waves, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was just sat there like, what would he say? What would he say? And she's like, uh, what have you got to say? And I sat there and I just said, I haven't read that far in the book yet. <laughs> I don't have an answer. <laughs> and she was just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> but what came out of it was that she laughed which is an important lesson. I was able to love her through all of that. And even though I went into my cave and was trying to process it, I knew that one of the best ways to snap her out and, and, and not fix her and not give her advice was to still love her and to do something that would rescue her from these emotions that she's feeling while her still support. And she decided to accept my proposition and decided to say that she was going to marry me so uh you can wow. imagine when i told her i'd been planning this for eight months and uh, she'd been causing all of this drama not a drama but she'd been saying all these things she couldn't yeah. believe it 
<laughs> wow, <laughs> it's a beautiful story, amazing. And you know, when I'm hearing what you just told, it's uh, it's so true what you told. Like very often we just trying to solve the problems. Like let's masculine and feminine, they perceive world completely differently. And instead of just understanding each other, we are trying to figure out and to solve. But maybe there is just nothing to solve except of just respecting that we are perceiving world differently. That's it. And for me, like masculine is just, yeah, man. <laughs> um, I don't want to say because like sometimes we associate ourselves a little bit more with uh, feminine and masculine energies in the relationship. But like in this traditional approach for for men, for masculine, it's just to hold the space for the feminine, you know, like you don't need to fix to solve, you just need to lovingly hold space for what she's going through, all the emotions, and she will be fine. That's everything that is required. But I want to touch base as well, um, the difference, and uh, I want to like uh, to hear your view on that. It's as well feminine. Men, women, they always ask this security in the world. And I think that's why your girlfriend, she was uh, asking, oh, why are you not proposing me to get married? And I see it's a lot in my friends, like everywhere. Mm. Why? Like, because it's a kind of, for for women, it's more if you're getting married, it's a confirmation that you love me. Also, I think it's uh, it's not completely the truth, right? But it's just we're thinking security unconsciously. We're thinking security. We have been conditioned to that to do that. While men, they're constantly seeking freedom. 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 Yeah. freedom. No one can tie me down. <laughs> yeah, and of course it depends how you define freedom. But when it's becoming unhealthy, when we are not aware that like this dynamic exists. What's happening, men and women, they start, start chasing this security, right? Like, give me security, give me security. And men, on the opposite, they are just pulling away. <laughs> they want yeah. more freedom, more freedom. And it's just, if you just accept, okay, he wants more freedom and you're fine with that, she wants more security, and you're aware of that. I think it's already the solution of the problem. When you're becoming aware, okay, this is what she wants, this is what I want, and we respect each other. I don't know how to call it necessity differences in life and we just walk from there from the place of understanding and not trying to solve these differences yeah I think it's a choice at the end of the day isn't it it's uh, unconditional acceptance of the other person like if you yeah. decide to get into a long-term relationship with those but that person you need to be able to accept them and it, the whole masculine feminine energy conversation i know for some people can be a bit woo woo mm -hmm. uh, and i like i'm someone that likes to bring it a little bit more practical uh mm -hmm. into the like how do we apply it to day-to-day -day life and um again like one of the most fantastic books i've read is the way of the superior man again if you are married or in a relationship it will have your partner wanting you a lot more if your sex life isn't up to scratch right now. So I recommend you read it. And one of the things he discusses in that book is uh, the big difference between masculine and feminine energy. And he talks about how we all have a mix of masculine and feminine energy in each of us, whether some men want to admit it or not. Yeah. And um, 
each of the energies has a specific goal. So at the core of every man, and every man will be able to relate to this, you want to go on an adventure. You want to go out to the world, conquer the world, um, create a legacy. You want to be free out there, roaming the mountains or, or taking on the world, building your empire, just free to create and, uh, and be on purpose and have a mission and all of that kind of stuff. That is such a, a masculine energy because at the core of men, we crave freedom. I want to give you some clear examples of this. So think about release. When we release from something, so for example, a pressure, when we get a problem in our day-to-day -day life and there's this massive tension, we are desperate to fix it. So we will work night and day, harder and harder, burning ourselves into the ground to fix that problem just so we can get the release because it's what we crave. And when we get that release, it's like freedom. It's like that feeling. Now, this is exactly the same in sex, right? You know, um, typically women um, want the full play and they want to build it up and they want to enjoy that moment and that connection. And now, while that is true for some men as well, uh, most men, <laughs> I'm just going to be blunt, want to get it in there and want to get that release, okay? And, it, and it's very, very true. But what we like, what we like, and this is important as well, is that challenge, that bit in between of getting the release. Because if it's too easy for us, it's not worth it. It's not fulfilling. That The feeling of freedom isn't as exuberating. Here's another couple of examples. Sport. Who primarily, primarily plays team competitive sport? Women do, of course, now. But it was traditionally a lot of men would play sport. Now, men love it when you can put uh, a challenge between them and where they want to be. And I play, I play football or soccer to anybody who's watching it from America. And I love that I could get to that goal. If, 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 I, if there was a goal there and I had to kick a ball in the goal and I went and kicked the ball in the goal, I'd just be like, nah. But you put 11 players in front of me and say, you've got to get through 11 players and score past the player in the goal to actually score, that when I do do that is so much more fulfilling. And the men, they crave that, they crave that. And so you see it, you see this, and I'm, I'm saying this and I'm seeing it, um, in relationships, in the, in the start of a relationship, when you make a man work for it, he appreciates it so much more. Uh, and I was talking to my partner earlier about uh, different types of sex, how, you know, when, sex yeah. when you have single, sex when you first get into a relationship, and sex when you've been in a long-term relationship. And one of the um, things I was talking about was when I was single, I had a, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I had some fun. And uh, I remember after like yeah you like you have sex with a few people and it, it's good but after a while the sex was just like so boring like it was just it was this empty feeling and i don't yeah. know whether you or any guys watching this can relate like i was just doing i don't even know why i was doing it i was just meeting yeah. people and, and sleeping with them and it was just boring um, 
but when we can get to that point of having a challenge and then having that release it's freedom for men and that's what they crave so let me go on the feminine quickly and then i'll bring it all together feminine uh crave that love and security so at our core the feminine energy is about love he actually says in the book love and surrender like i'm not a massive fan of the word surrender um people will make it mean different things um love and security i think is better because you know if you look at females they want to be loved they want to have the cuddles they want to they want to feel secure and they're looking at men and they go if they're getting into a relationship and they're looking at man and going is this the type of guy that can father my child put a roof over the head and put food on the table and make sure they do not a conscious level a complete unconscious level and so that when they're evaluating a guy even in the relationship i don't think this ever finishes this continues as like a process because if you're in a relationship and um, the guy decides that he's going to the other side of the world because he's got some dream, then the woman's going to have a very different opinion of him. And so then the security that she maybe had in the beginning dwindles, dwindles. then she might be like, well, I'm not getting that security anymore. So is there somebody else that can provide that for me? And that's why potentially people have affairs. So masculine freedom, feminine love and security. We each have masculine and feminine in both of us. And I forgot where I was going with it. <laughs> um, but it's important to understand this so that when you have this understanding of it in a relationship, and this is really powerful, like in my own relationship, I see this. If you try and stop a man from having a purpose, from having direction, from going and doing the things that he wants to do, inevitably, he's going to resent you for it. Mm. And he's going to be a shadow of a man that he could be. Yeah, 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 awesome, awesome what you're saying. and. Uh... I just want to add, uh, you know, like it's, yeah, it's all this uh, chasing and freedom and everything, but it's what you mentioned, like at one point you feel empty and everything. And I think this freedom is like, what is freedom at the end, right? What it was, because it's, I was doing this podcast with um, a relationship coach and sexologist Cam Fraser, and he told a very interesting thing about freedom, right? It's freedom at the end, maybe it's just being able to to open up and to be who you truly are with all your desires, with uh, like not having any expectations with your partner. And there is lots of freedom in your relationship as well. It's just how traditionally men were perceiving the freedom. Like if I ask you, what is a freedom for you? Free freedom to me is complete and total self-expression mm. of of who I am as a person, uh, yeah. what I stand for, what I want in my life, in my career, in my relationships, um, in my friendships. If I can't be expressed in that way, then I feel trapped. I feel, um, and this is partly the reason why I never felt military, 
because I felt like someone was standing on me trying to suppress who I really was. And in, in the context of a relationship, I've got a very supportive partner. And anyone who's in a relationship with an entrepreneur style person or a business person will know it can be a rocky road. And it is at times, and it's very difficult. Um, but she also understands that that is so important to me, that that level of freedom, that, you know, going out there, chasing, like making a difference in the world. That's what's really important to me. And so she supports me on that. And the same way I respect that her values and what she values in life wants, I don't try and change her because one of the mistakes I made in the early stages of being in business is I was like, come on, you should want to start a business. It's the best thing ever. It's this, is that. But she was looking at me thinking, you are crazy. You've lost your mind. If you think I'm going through what you go through, you, you got something wrong with you. <laughs> and I always used to try and force her to want to do it and come up with ideas for her, try and fix it but she just didn't want it and and that was okay too and it took me a while to realize that so you have to be able to respect in the relationship what the other person wants and for me freedom is about chasing my dreams uh going out there uh, getting on stage uh, transforming people's lives seeing people light up um like we traveled the world for two years like adventure that's what it's about. And the freedom to be yourself. That is, yeah. that is like, authenticity is one of my number one values. And it's, I don't want to wear a mask. <laughs> I really don't. I, I want to stand here every single day and say, this is who I fucking am. If you don't like it, there's plenty of other people. There's 7.8 billion people in the world. Someone else will like me. <laughs> if you don't, yeah. bye-bye. Uh, you know, and, and that's the approach that I want to take to my life. So that is what freedom is to me. Yeah, yeah, amazing. I totally resonate with it and I love it. And it's just like my point is like you can really find as a man this freedom in your relationship as well. Of course, with the right person, with a person who can be completely yourself. Right. Mm. It's very important to define what is freedom, freedom for you. And it's different for all people. Like I'm not saying... Like my freedom is the same as somebody else's freedom, but it's just sometimes we we're chasing something. We think it's freedom, but maybe it's actually not. <laughs> this was my point. Um, and now I want to go into the direction, like in long-term relationships. Um, it's this uh, Esther Peril. I think she's talking a lot about that. Um, we want in relationships two things. We want this love, we want intimacy, we want uh, connection, we want to be safe, or we want to be, I don't know, to open up to our partner. And at the same time, we want to sustain this desire, this passion in our relationships, right? And eventually, uh, this uh, caring and loving connection, it can 
kills your desire, your passion of the relationships. So how do you see that, especially because you're getting married and with your amazing girlfriend, like how do you see how we can sustain this desire in long-term relationships? <laughs> I won't give you the answer my girlfriend gave me, hell yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Um, I'm a big believer that, like, so, so again, like, one of the things that I learned about masculine energy that is very attractive to a woman, and I couldn't believe because I was doing this, and it's terrible. I felt like a terrible man when I was talking to my partner about it. Um, you know, like when you get into a, a long-term relationship and you're and you get very comfortable and you're trying to take it to uh, you're committing to the next step. Yeah, things do become less exciting. So, you know, how do you then make it more exciting? How do you reignite that passion and, and keep that going? Um, one of the big things that I understood about the masculine energy, and here's where I was quite ashamed about, is that. Um, women love men who are decisive. Like, I used to... <laughs> some men will resonate this, for sure, and some women will say, oh, you're such a terrible guy. Um, my girlfriend's birthday. Mm-hmm. Now, I- I'm working for myself. I've got lots of things going on. I'm very busy, and I'm not making her a priority in this case. It's her birthday, and... Instead of doing something spontaneous, thinking about what would be something really meaningful to her, I turn around to her and say, oh, it's your birthday in a week or two. What do you want to do? This is the worst thing you could possibly say to a woman. <laughs> what do you want to do? Like, And she's looking at me like, yeah, you're the man I want to spend the rest of my life. And you can't even decide. You don't even know what to get me for your birthday. And from an excitement perspective, um, women are very attracted to men who are decisive. They, they know what they want and they're going to go after it. It's a very attractive trait. And so think about that. If I was to say, hey, Vicky, like come home on a birthday, maybe got some flowers, and I'd say, uh, pack your bags let's get in the car and she'd be like what so we're going somewhere and like oh my god where like and this is really simple but the fact that I thought about something gone out my way and made her a priority and planned this whole thing and then just whisk her away is, away is like so exciting for her as opposed to just saying um what do you want to do on your birthday we can do this we can do that I could do that but you know so that is so simple, but it's one example. And it's like when you understand what are the things that create attraction, even in a long-term relationship, mm. then you can take advantage of them and apply them to your current relationship and keep that passion going. One of the best, uh, one of the best bits, uh, things I ever heard was. Um, I mean, date night is very important, clearly. That's very important. But to make date night a little bit more exciting, one of the things, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, Anna, is ABC dating. Have you heard of that before? No. 
No. So ABC dating is where one of you, you take it in turns, and let's say you have a date night once a week or once every two weeks. Mm-hmm. You pick the letter, so it might be A, and then you pick the activity based on the letter. And so you have a, a large number of letters and a large number of activities which you can plan for each other, making the other a priority, and go out there, experience new things, meet new people, try something new. It keeps things fresh. Instead of going, okay, we're going to get out of the house, we're going to go for a meal. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's different. Yeah, yeah. So are you practicing this? <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm a hypocrite. I, I want to be authentic. I'm terrible at it. Um, it. It is something that we're very aware of in our relationship, and it's something that we do intend to implement. Um, it's just like we do try and have a lot of variety in, in our in, in the activities we do, um, and as I mentioned before, we do like to travel. So that in itself is something that adds a lot of variety, you know, going away for a weekend, go, you know, doing something different than just going to the pub or going for a coffee. Or, I mean, it's very difficult because for some couples, I, I'm not a parent yet, but, you know, for people who've got kids, I know I've got two nephews and it's a lot more difficult to actually go away for a weekend you know, mm. getting a babysitter. Um, I just think it's very important that you give the relationship that time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Ultimately, you're a. Even if you're a parent, you're an example to your kids on what a relationship look should look like. Yeah. And uh, I think as well. Uh, some people might disagree, but you need, if you have kids, you need to prioritize your partner before your kids. And this is just because if you prioritize your kids, but you ignore your partner, your kids will feel that your relationship, they are going not in the right direction. They will feel like something is not working, right? If you prioritize your partner, then you have this great union. And of course, you will take care of your kids. So yeah, it's so mm-hmm. important. We often just ignore this. And coming back to this um, uh, desire and passion, I think what creates desire is really this polarity, again, feminine, masculine, right? So that men are decisive, women are more surrendering, loving, open to love. But I think what's happening a lot in our modern society is just women, they need to be strong. They open their own businesses. They need to take care of lots of things in life. And uh, we put this, like, we're in our masculine energy when we are doing our businesses, right? And then we are coming back, and when we are with our partner, we keep on playing very often this masculine role, right? We we just uh, play this, uh, I don't know, I decide, I lead, all these kind of things, Mm -hmm. right? eventually kills this polarity and I think sometimes it can be a problem as well and uh, I think we always need to remind ourselves when we are going into interaction with our partner to go back to our feminine energy right to be more loving Mm -hmm. more open more receiving and this will sustain this polarity in the relationship and it's very very important and as well create the distance as well so that's you don't spend all the time together because 
what kills this um, desire that you're becoming everything to your partner, lover, friend, or family, parent. And the boundaries. Yes, and, and this kills the desire as well. It's like if you can distance yourself and spend just time with your like girlfriends and do girlish things and you go and you drink beer, play football with men, so distance yourself from 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 each other. Yeah. Yeah, you're 100% there. And I didn't I'll, I'll tell you another thing. One of the one of the other reasons I wanted to get into men's circles and putting on men's circles is to yeah. be around other men. There's a certain and I, I play for a football team and there's a certain experience there's a certain environment uh, something it creates that i can't describe but it's to be around other men is really powerful and um you need that in the relationship i was craving <laughs> sounds wrong i was craving other men i i was, I was craving like masculine energy because i was like i was like me and my girlfriend we are best friends i'm a lover we do everything together you know and and you definitely need that you 100 percent need that and and she recognizes it so she's like yeah whatever go and do your thing um it's so important in the relationship to have um your own friends and um one of my good friends uh, nathan Mueller. He's a uh, does relationship work as well, and he described to me what you just talked about about how we get together. We just all of our boundaries, all of who we are, we just become one. We just that's it. We're so immersed in each other. But after a period of time, after honeymoon, after the honeymoon period, um, those boundaries need to go back up. Mm. Not not to the point that you keep them out. But they need to go back up so you can rediscover who you are in the relationship. You yeah. can rediscover who you are as a person in your life, not just we spend every waking hour of every day together and we do everything together and that's it. No one else matters. I've neglected my friends and now I have no friends. We need to reestablish those boundaries and reestablish who we are, what we want out of our own lives, not just in the context of the relationship. And I think that's really important. Yeah, I think it's very important and it's what makes you attractive to your partner after the honeymoon period, right? When you're not merging into each other, but you keep on discovering for yourself and bringing new parts of yourself, right? Because you you take this distance and you rediscover and rediscover yourself in these relationships over and over again. I think it's very important and, and it also brings more to the relationship in terms of variety if you spend all day every day or i mean people have jobs and stuff um together and you go oh what are we going to talk about tonight <laughs> what did you do today well i was with you well what did you do well i was with you yeah. um, so <laughs> you know you go out you meet people you have your experiences it gives you something to talk about to discuss and that sounds really simple it's it makes a big difference though yeah 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 totally yes and uh you mentioned about this men uh, circle right yeah um, 
And I think it's like when we are talking spending time with men, it is not very important what kind of time you spend with men. It's all good, all this uh, football and beer. But I think what you mentioned is very important to be in this space where you can share everything you want to share with other men, right? Yeah. Can you elaborate a little bit on uh, like what exactly this uh, circles brought to you? And I have heard as well that you are planning to create your own circle for men. Yeah, yeah. It's um, the circles. Um, something that I never even knew existed. I'd never been to like a man group before or anything like that. I never knew there existed. Uh, but in terms of like craving this masculine energy, one of the big things I was struggling with is I, I was just feeling really lonely. Uh, I was feeling like I didn't have men who I could connect with um, and discuss certain things on an emotional level because I'd, I'd moved to a new area and I didn't really know anyone. And I discovered that, you know, when you get into your 30s and, and upwards, it becomes a hell of a lot harder to make friendships, like deep, meaningful relationships. Yeah. Because you underestimate how long it takes to build a deep, meaningful relationship. It's a bit like, you know, when you're growing up, you're in school, and you're thrown together with all of these people and you go and do the same sports and you go and do it and they become your friends and, and they're your friends for a long period of time and you talk about anything. But what happens when you grow apart from those friends and you find yourself in a completely different place when you know no one, like you're lonely and you have to go out there and it's an effort to create real relationships. And one of the things I decided to do was because I was craving this masculine energy, I was like, I'm gonna to go to one of these men's circles where men basically sit around, have a laugh, talk about the good things, talk about the shit things, and openly talk about the shit that they're going through in their life. And all the men in the room can then relate to it or support them or encourage them or give them like share their experiences, not from a place of trying to fix them, but from a place of, hey, yeah, you're not alone. Yeah. And that's the big thing. Like if you think about how men deal with problems, primarily like emotions, we go into our cave, we go inside ourselves and all of that energy builds up inside of us and we just store it and store it and store it. And we keep it to ourselves and we never share it with anyone. So who's the only person that exists in our world? It's us, and so we feel lonely in our problems. And so when you go to these groups and you share some of this stuff, you're like, oh, my God, it's not just me. That's <laughs> crazy thinking about it. And here's another thing. Um, the things that come out in the groups, they're completely confidential in the way you talk about, uh, you know, what you talk about stays there. But, you know, we all have weird and wonderful thoughts about completely out there things. And this is, I know this is true. Um, and there can be a lot of shame around that. Well, that's a bit weird. Well, I thought about sleeping with a cat or somewhere. I don't know. I just made that. Up. <laughs> um, but having someone to a space to express that and feel safe in that is also very important. And then men go, oh yeah, that's really funny. I had this one the other day and I had this one and all of a sudden it becomes very normal to be like this and you're no longer alone in that feeling. And that's why men's groups, uh, I think, are 
uh, really powerful and you I think you are going to see a lot more of them emerging in the coming years and then seek out the um, support and guidance and of, of other men to help them to deal with their shit. Yes, yes, totally. I think it's very important that more and more groups like that are appearing for men because for women, I guess it's easier. We just do this <laughs> with our girlfriends, you know, like we, we, yeah, we share, we cry, we do whatever we want. Uh, also, yeah, it depends as well how you like what kind of uh, women group you're in because there are lots of these groups when they, you know, like this. Uh, not toxic, but they start talking men a certain way and they're not trustworthy and everything. So it's not a healthy way of discussing. So that's why I think there are groups as well for women like that. So it's uh, it's so good to be in this uh, feminine and masculine energy separately. Yeah, I always love to say about things like that. Um, you've got to ask yourself when you're looking at this group, you're looking at the people in the group, is that the person I want to become? Because inevitably you will become that <laughs> if you keep going to that group and yeah. uh, they are behaving a certain way. Is that the person I want to become if I enter this group? I always, um, it's like, you know, when you take advice off someone, I always look at them and, and I look at what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. And I say, okay, for example, relationship advice. Would I take relationship advice from someone who... Um, is, is, is single and have a, can't get a relationship. No, <laughs> I wouldn't. I just really wouldn't. In the same way that I'd look for someone who has an extraordinary relationship and or has been through a lot in their relationships and come out the other side. You mm. know, those are the type of people that I'd always seek guidance from. And that's why when I'd look at a group like that, I look at the people going to it and I go, is that the type of network the environment of people that I want to be surrounded by, because ultimately you surround yourself with is who you become. Yes. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yes. Um, and uh, we have been going for one hour, but I have one more uh, question I wanted to discuss with you. It's about um, expectations and clear communication. I think this is very important. And I, watched one of your videos you made on expectations right i mm. think what uh yeah it, it's really really important it's about like if we take important aspects of relationship for example commitment what truly commitment means to you and means to your partner because it can mean completely different things until you act in a way and you discover for, for each other, oh, this is what you meant, right? So that's why I think very often we don't do it upfront because, I don't know, we just, we are scared maybe of expressing really what it means for us. We are scared they will not perceive us correctly or something like that. And it's yeah. important to set this uh, clear communication and what we expect about every aspect of relationship, like commitment. What does it mean for you, intimacy? What does it mean for you, connection? All these kind of things. So how you, yeah, if you can share your own experience around that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge that if you're unhappy about something in, re in a relationship, ultimately, you have an expectation that's not being met. Mm. 
that is always the case. <laughs> Whether you're frustrated because you're not getting enough sex, you have an expectation of how that should be. If you're um, if your partner isn't earning enough money, you're living in a world of expectation that he should earn a certain money or he or she should behave in a certain way because you dictated it. But actually, most of the time, you didn't because <laughs> you didn't communicate it. And um, one of the biggest things and one of the most powerful things I've found in my own relationships is... Um, Taking, first of all, taking full responsibility for me, myself, and my relationship. That is one of the biggest things that I found has contributed to my relationship. Taking full responsibility. How have I contributed to this? Whatever's happening in this moment, where can I take responsibility? Because if you blame, it just doesn't work. Um, my, who was it? I think it was Elon Ferdman. Um, one of my old coaches, he always used to say, there's no room for love when you're both trying to be right. Because okay. when you're like this, yes. it doesn't work. So one's got to give, release. Um, back to expectation <laughs> uh, and agreements. Yeah. Myself and my girlfriend sat down recently and we talked about what it, what does it mean to be married to me? What does it mean to be married to her? And how do you expect me to show up in the relationship as a husband? How, what do you expect of me as a wife? Now, some people might say, oh, yeah, but you're living in a world of expectation. But the point is that we're having these conversations. We're discussing how many times a week do you expect to have sex? Do you, you know, um, just an example, that sex is a prominent, it's a big problem for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, um, how many times a week do you want to go out on a date night? How, you know, how much time do you want? Because when you understand that everybody has a different love language, and that's another book, The Five Love Languages, great book, yeah. then, you know, quality time is one thing for some people. Some people want gifts. Like, how often do you expect to receive gifts? And this is not a rigid, you know, this is the way it has to be, and you have to go about it like a a bible it's not the case it's just communicating with people your partner that this is what i would like out of our relationship this is what i'd like out of this part of our relationship now you know you can make the choice on whether or not to do something about it and acknowledge it and at any point you get into a a point where you have the other person has an expectation and you've discussed it openly then you can pull back to that conversation that you had yeah and this is really powerful uh, they call it in 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 sales an upfront contract <laughs> it's not a contract as such but it's a discussion an agreement you've had and if you don't communicate what you want what you need what your desires are whether that be in the bedroom in the relationship out of um out of life out of the relationship, marriage, children, whatever it is, then inevitably you're just going to continue through your life. No agreements have been set. Both can end up getting peed off because your expectations aren't being met. And then because you don't talk about it, one gets angry, one goes into his cave, <laughs> doesn't know how to deal with it. 
and then goes, where did it all go wrong? I need to go to a man's group so I can talk to them and try and get some advice. Yeah. And your sex life dies because you hold this resentment inside of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important and I think it's as well important like to review it maybe, not like you said it once and forever, but I don't know, maybe mm. half a year oh. just review it. Okay, where if you take the most important aspects of uh, of your relationship, like or where we are going is every aspect of, of that. Yeah, definitely. You've got to have a vision for what you want out of the relationship. And that's, I think that's really important because we do just get into the relationship and then we're like, oh, where are we going? <laughs> um, but a lot of people don't take that time to actually say, what do we want this relationship to look like in a year, three years, five years? And people might say, it's not a business. I'm like, <laughs> it's a relationship though. And you, everybody wants to progress and everyone wants to work towards something. So it's important that you're both going in the right direction. Otherwise, you're just simply growing apart. And that's only going to go one way. Yes, yeah, I, I agree with that, yes. And my last question for you, a personal one, not relationship maybe one what was uh, one of the biggest or, or one of your biggest truths in life it's like something you want to yeah this is my truth <laughs> one of my biggest truths in life is this a discovery or is this a... yeah it's like breakthrough but like oh yes this is uh this is it for me for example it can be for me your feelings never lies something like that mm. it's a tough question <laughs> um or one of your biggest breakthroughs recently that you have discovered about yourself about relationships or about life in general one um yeah, I guess what one of the um, biggest changes I've made recently is the concept around surrender. Mm. Surrendering to life, surrendering to the pro, because it's never made me happy to try and control it and try and manufacture this environment where there's no failure there's no risk there's no uh, opportunities for me to look bad so my concept of surrender is surrendering to my feelings as i feel them yeah. being able to have enough awareness to acknowledge them and then as a result being able to move past them surrendering to the fact that i don't have everything figured out and i never will and i will never know anything and it's in that surrender that, that this is this this peace this peace and when you can come from this place of complete peace of mind then you can start to appreciate more of life and you can start to live more of life and you can start to notice the things that are happening around you and be grateful for the things that are happening around you 
because you're not going at 120 miles an hour you're just life is happening and you're just taking it all in and you're moving past it it's like someone described relationships as like a dance mm. and i think life is like this yes you have to just dance with it yes <laughs> and um yeah i'd say surrender wow i love it i love surrender <laughs> totally <laughs> because we are so much obsessed sometimes with controlling the outcome of everything we are doing and it's about for me surrender it's a lot about trusting as well trusting that where you are it's where you need to be and trusting this uh, like the direction you're going trusting that you will be supported and by that surrendering to life to yeah universe whatever you believe in and it's it's a beautiful space to be in and I know for myself I struggle sometimes to be in this space but then when you drop it's like it's like a breath you can finally embrace <laughs> into this trust and surrender yeah and here's an insight if you're really trying to control people say I value freedom I'm I want to be free in life yeah if you're trying to control everything are you really free yeah yeah never <laughs> thank you jay it was really amazing i appreciate your time and sharing your wisdom your experience with us and uh, i wish you all the best on your journey and uh, i'm very curious to see more of your content of your work uh, online uh, and uh, if you can just share as well where how people can connect with you where they can find you yeah so i'll be tagged in this post so happily for you to connect with me here on facebook uh, i've also uh, just set up a new facebook group called the maskless men so if you search maskless men you'll be able to join that facebook group that's a group where i will be sharing uh, a lot of my uh, experience and insights in there and obviously it's an opportunity to get together with other men and talk about the things that we traditionally talk in a men's group as well and um, get the support that you need to potentially um, break through the problems that you might be facing in your relationship or, or your career or in your health or your life in general. Yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you very much one more time. And yeah, it was a pleasure to have you here. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for being in it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Bye. That was it for today. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe for this podcast or share it with someone you believe can benefit from it. My mission is to remind you about the light and greatness you have been born with and help you reconnect with your own sense of self-worth, self-love, delight and pleasure. If you have a moment, I would be so grateful if you could leave a review on your favorite podcast app.